This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. The Wendy's police shooting, moment by moment. Was it lawful but awful? What our experts say. The use of deadly force in this case, as I saw it, was justified. There was no need for deadly force. And who set the Wendy's ablaze? Look at a white girl trying to burn down a Wendy's. And the former SNL comedian speaks out after he says cops treated him like George Floyd. Officer put his knee on my neck. Uh. The case of mistaken identity that left the comedian shaken. Then... President Trump's niece. Her scathing new book that reportedly reveals Trump family secrets. And what the president is saying now about that halting walk down the ramp. And what was she thinking? Did the customer deliberately cough on another woman who called her out for not wearing a mask? Do you have any COVID symptoms? Then, Bachelorette to the rescue. How Hannah Brown saved a rafter. I don't know if I can lift him up. Plus, all together now. There's a family trapped inside with a four-year-old girl. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. A march today in Atlanta in response to the weekend shooting of Rashard Brooks, a black man who'd fallen asleep in his car at a Wendy's. Brooks died after being shot twice in the back by police. The coroner has ruled it a homicide. The Atlanta mayor says she doesn't think deadly force was justified. And a local minister says we are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Stephen Fabian has a moment-by-moment analysis of what happened. Tears and raw emotion as distraught relatives of a black man shot dead by cops speak out today. Law enforcement experts are divided over the fatal shooting of 27-year-old Rashard Brooks in Atlanta, with one expert calling it lawful but awful. Two experts analyzed the disturbing video for Inside Edition, former New York City Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick and former LAPD Sergeant Cheryl Dorsey. The use of deadly force in this case, as I saw it, was justified. There was no need for deadly force. Police were called because Brooks was asleep at the wheel in a Wendy's drive through line in Atlanta. You're blocking traffic here. You were sleeping when I walked up here. Brooks failed the breathalyzer test. Then this happened. Brooks battles with the two officers and grabs a taser. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. He wriggles free and is tased as he runs away. Then he points a taser at one of the cops and is shot twice. A third bullet struck a car with children inside. Did this officer need to fire on a man who was running away, running in the opposite direction? If that suspect hit that officer with the taser and incapacitated him, 
He could be disarmed. He could take his personal sidearm, his firearm. But former LAPD Sergeant Dorsey says she would not have used deadly force. I know what police officers do when you have a suspect get away or you lose your personal equipment. You will be teased for years and years to come. That officer wasn't going to have that happen. And that's why he did what he did. An autopsy shows Brooks was shot twice in the back and ruled his death a homicide. President Trump spoke about the incident today. But certainly it was very, to me, it was very disturbing. The officer who fired the fatal shots, Garrett Rolfe, has been fired, and there are demands for him to be charged with murder. Brooks's widow, Tamika, mother of their four children, spoke out today. I can never get my husband back. I can never get my best friend. I can never tell my daughter, oh, he's coming to take you skating or swimming lessons. Other family members at the emotionally charged press conference became distraught. The shooting comes as America is still reeling from three weeks of protests over the death of George Floyd, and it is giving fresh impetus to demands for racial justice. The death of another black man at the hands of a police officer. The Wendy's where the shooting occurred was torched over the weekend. Police are looking for a mystery white woman caught on camera appearing to set the fire. Look at a white girl trying to burn down a Wendy's. This wasn't us. And a former star from Saturday Night Live says what happened to George Floyd happened to him. Only he lived to tell about it. Jim Murray has details. Former Saturday Night Live star Jay Farrow is speaking out today about the troubling tape that appears to show a Los Angeles cop putting his knee on the comedian's neck. Farrow is best known for his impersonation of President Obama on SNL. He left the show after six seasons in 2016. Good evening, my fellow Americans. It happened right here on the sidewalk near this strip mall in Los Angeles. Farrow says he was out jogging when he noticed a cop over there. He says what happened next left him shaken. Farrow explained the ordeal on the talk. I see a gun from my peripheral and I look and the officer's like, freeze, get on the ground. And I'm like, oh snap, they about to take somebody down. Whoever they about to get, let me get my cell phone ready. But no, they were coming at me. He says it got worse. Spread your arms like an airplane. Uh, three more officers drove up, hopped out of the car immediately, guns blazing. Farrow says he asked the cops why he was being stopped. They said I fit the description of a black man with a sweat with a with a, a gray sweatpants and a gray shirt. When they put me in cuffs after they got um after they were all on me, officer put his knee on my neck. Sharon Osborne looks shaken when she hears the story. Co-host Carrie Ananaba was nearly moved to tears. And I'm so glad that you're alive to share the story with us today and help spread more awareness. Oh my God, my heart is like, I hate that you have to go through that. Farrow says he tried to explain that he was a well-known comic from SNL. All they had to do was Google him, he says. After I'm in cuffs by these police officers, they were like, oh, we just got a call. You're not the guy. You can go. In a statement, LAPD says, we are aware of the video and it is under investigation. 32-year-old Pharaoh says what happened to him and so many others like him is just wrong. We should not have to fear going to the grocery store, going to get some gas, running down a street. It's called human civility. That's what it is. Pharaoh posted this dramatic recreation on Instagram. I literally could have been George Floyd. 
Jay Farrow took to Twitter today to thank people for their support, adding he is sure change is going to come. If President Trump is unhappy about that new book on how Melania Trump negotiated a better prenup for herself, he's bound to be furious about an upcoming book from his niece. Details are super secret. The book comes out two weeks before the GOP convention. And among the explosive revelations, how Mary Trump shared confidential tax documents exposing Donald Trump's finances. Is President Trump about to be exposed by his own niece? A bombshell tell-all book is set to be published in eight weeks, written by his niece, Mary Trump, who is the daughter of Trump's older brother, Fred Jr., who died in 1981 from a heart attack and complications from alcoholism. Mary Trump is 55 years old and has a PhD in clinical psychology. The book is called Too Much and Never Enough. When I heard that Mary Trump's book was coming out, I, I have to say I wasn't really surprised. Maybe the surprise would be that she didn't write it sooner. We spoke to Trump family biographer Gwenda Blair. There's such a history of animosity between her, her brother, and the rest of the Trump family, particularly Donald Trump. One explosive revelation reportedly in the book is that Mary admits she was the main source for the 2018 Pulitzer Prize winning New York Times investigation into President Trump's taxes, which found he received the equivalent today of at least 413 million from his father's real estate empire, despite always claiming he only received a single $1 million loan. I took $1 million and I turned it into Oh, okay. $10 billion. I borrowed $1 billion. Bad blood over inheritance has existed between the president and his late brother's children for years. In 2000, Mary Trump was quoted as saying, My aunt and uncle should be ashamed of themselves. I'm sure they are not. News of the expose broke Sunday evening as President Trump rang in his 74th birthday. Supporters celebrated with a pro-Trump golf cart parade at the Villages, America's largest retirement community outside Orlando. But tempers boiled over. Over the weekend, the president also defended himself after questions were raised over his appearance at West Point when he held a glass of water with two hands and he appeared to take extra care when he walked down the ramp following his commencement speech. The ramp was very long and steep had no handrail, and most importantly, was very slippery. The last thing I was going to do is fall for the fake news to have fun with. Final 10 feet, I ran down to level ground. Momentum. And tomorrow we'll have an interview with the author of that controversial new Melania Trump book, The Art of Her Deal. A New York City woman says she's filing a police report after a woman in a bagel shop, she says, walked up and coughed at her. She's now self-quarantining, and she's waiting for the results of a COVID test. Amber Cagliano has the disturbing details. Shocking video shows a woman at a bagel store apparently deliberately coughing at another customer who called her out for not wearing a mask. <laughs> now the customer who was coughed at, Allison Goodbaum, says she's had to get tested for COVID-19. She just started coughing right on my face, and I felt her the air in her breath on my face. How scared were you? Yeah, I was petrified. Honestly, she was so she was so mad and so angry. It happened here at the New York City Bagel and Coffee House in Queens, New York. Allison Goodbaum says she was buying bagels when she noticed the other customer wasn't wearing a mask as required. So she complained to the store's management. The customer overheard her and all hell broke loose. <laughs> 
The incident comes amid concern in New York over crowded street scenes like this. Governor Andrew Cuomo reposted this video of the throngs of people in downtown Manhattan and tweeted, don't make me come down there. Social distancing continues to be ignored during the protests calling for racial justice in the wake of the death of George Floyd. This was the amazing scene in Los Angeles yesterday when an estimated 40,000 people took to the streets. When I've looked at a lot of the protests, it's really helpful to be outside. I think there's less spreading of the disease outside. Uh, a lot of people were wearing masks. Not enough. I think everybody should be wearing masks when they're out at protests. Uh, but those things also might be able to keep the number of infections from these protests down. Now the health department in Tulsa, Oklahoma, is calling on President Trump to postpone his planned rally on Saturday, fearing it could lead to a spike in COVID-19 patients. Not a chance, says the president today, tweeting, the far-left fake news media, which had no COVID problem with the rioters and looters destroying Democrat-run cities, is trying to COVID shame us on our big rallies. Won't work. A lot of adrenaline and a big dose of selflessness when neighbors sprang into action to rescue a family trapped when their SUV flipped over. Now that's teamwork. These neighbors in Chicago band together to flip an overturned SUV. The rescuers rush to help when they realize that a mom, a dad, and their four-year-old daughter are trapped inside. Finally, success. They flip the SUV right side up. The nightmare started when police say the SUV was broadsided at an intersection by a van running a red light. Fortunately, these good Samaritans jumped into action to save the day. Police say the van that collided with that SUV left the scene of the accident. Amazingly, the family was not seriously injured. She starred on TV's The Bachelorette. Now, Hannah Brown is being credited with saving a man's life. Hannah Brown is being called a hero. The former bachelorette and Dancing with the Stars winner rescued a guy when his raft flipped over during a whitewater rafting adventure in Tennessee over the weekend. It's all caught on helmet cam. The guy was being pulled downstream when Hannah sprang into action. I don't know if I can lift him up. <laughs> she fixes his helmet for him. Then you can see his girlfriend row over to be reunited with the guy who fell over. How fun, Hannah Brown saved my boyfriend from drowning in the O.C. River today, his girlfriend says. Talk about being in the right place at the right time. And country singer Amy Grant is recovering from open heart surgery. Check out these pictures of the huge scar that goes down her chest. My recovery has honestly felt miraculous, she wrote. Earlier this year, the 53-year-old Every Heartbeat singer was diagnosed with an asymptomatic heart condition she's had since birth. Just 10 days after surgery, all looks good. We'll be right back. Next, the disturbing new George Floyd video just revealed. Check the pulse! How they beg this cop to do something. Plus, small business crisis. I could cry right now. Mom and pop stores across America who say they've had enough and are closing forever. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. More video from the day George Floyd died. This time it's footage that shows one of the three officers charged as an accomplice standing impassively as onlookers beg for Floyd's life. 
Check the pulse. It's disturbing new video, the last minutes of George Floyd's life, as witnesses desperately plead with cops to get off his neck. We are blurring Floyd's face because he may already be deceased. Bro, he has not moved, not one time. The Floyd family lawyer, Benjamin Crump, released the tape, calling it beyond disturbing, even harder to watch than the first video. Minutes tick by, the crowd begs the police to let up. Like, bro, three minutes, bro, he's not moving. The first video that provoked all these days of street protests and civil unrest focused on Officer Derek Chauvin, who kneeled on Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. But this new video focuses more on Officer Totau. His demeanor outrages the witnesses. Are you just gonna let him keep his hand on his neck, bro? You're a bro. Tao, you gonna keep, you gonna let him keep that like that? You gonna let him kill that man in front of you, bro? Officer Tao's role in this is very troubling. Seth Coben is a lawyer representing the teenager who shot the first video. He was the only person really in a position to do anything about it. Not only does he not do anything about it, he barely even glances over to see uh, what Mr. Floyd's condition was. And the look on his face is utterly cold and heartless. It only came to an end when an ambulance pulls up and Floyd's apparently lifeless body is taken to the hospital. Chauvin has been charged with second-degree murder. Officer Tao has been charged with aiding and abetting second-degree murder, along with two other officers. Now, legendary singer Barbara Streisand has reached out to Floyd's six-year-old daughter, Gianna, sending the little one an unknown amount of stock in the Disney company. On Instagram, Gianna wrote, Thank you, Barbara Streisand. I am now a Disney stockholder thanks to you. We'll be right back. Still to come, small business crisis. I could cry right now. Mom and pop stores across America who say they've had enough and are closing forever. Three months after the lockdown began, people are slowly beginning to resume their activities, but that won't include all small businesses. Nearly half of all small businesses in this country worry about being able to continue. We spoke with two business owners who were being forced to throw in the towel. This clothing store owner is making the heartbreaking decision. She's closing up shop. I could cry right now. It's my life. It's my identity. It's my passion. For 22 years, Michelle Mordente has run Rag Mop Vintage Clothing in Los Angeles, which catered to people hunting for fun fashion and to the entertainment industry. We've done tons of TV shows, tons of movies. We, we sold a lot to Mad Men. That was a big one. So many celebrities have shopped here. I mean, Scarlett Johansson. But due to the pandemic, she can no longer afford to keep her store open. You know, we're paying $4,000 a month and your store is closed. What happens if there's another spike and then they say, oh, you have to close again? It just seemed like I didn't really have a choice. This LA restaurant owner can relate. Crimsey Jones is ending her live stream, running the first Cajun vegan restaurant in the world. I had to ask myself some hard questions like, do I want to fight this uphill battle for the next year, year and a half? In happier times, the restaurant was busy, serving up scrumptious specialties, including mouthwatering desserts. Even though restaurants are now allowed to reopen, she says it's a financial nightmare. I don't see this ending anytime soon. I mean, I'm already seeing it. I'm going, passing by coffee shops and restaurants, and it's just totally empty. 
Fox Business News anchor Liz Clayman. Even if you try to compare the pandemic to any recession in the past or any dramatic situation like 9-11 that has happened here in the United States, the numbers are horrific. We're talking about millions of small businesses. At least three million have gone under. When we come back, a daddy-daughter act you got to see to believe. Finally today, sign up this dad and his daughter for the squad. The internet is flipping out over this dad and daughter. Roland Pollard and his adorable four-year-old daughter, Jaden, have been practicing cheer moves during the lockdown. Just look at her twirl through the air. Now that's a finish. That is Inside Edition for today. I'm Deborah Norville. Thank you for watching. Stay safe, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.